good morning. Wasn't that just a, a great time of worship? And we, we should get excited about the things that Jesus has done for us. Amen. Let's just give him another praise today. Amen. Well, like uh, Pastor Mark said, I'm on staff at a Springdale Nazarene Church. I serve as the Connections Pastor. In our church, we have been on a two-year journey together. We call it the Expedition Series. And so for two years, we've been taking uh, one book of the Bible, and we'll uh, preach on it, expound on it on a Sunday, and then we encourage the entire congregation then to uh, dig into that book of the Bible that week. But then we go a little step further, and we ask that people uh, to consider getting into a small group, because when we begin to get into God's Word, sometimes we have questions, don't we? Sometimes God begins to speak to us and we need to share that with others and we need to learn uh, from others and, and, and teach others as well. And so we ask folks to get into a small group and talk about that book of the Bible. And let me just tell you, it's been a beautiful, awesome two years. We are seeing people come to faith, coming to Jesus. We're seeing people take next steps. We're just seeing God do an amazing thing in people's lives. And so here this morning... I want to share with you uh, from the book of Nehemiah. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Nehemiah, and so I began to read for myself again in this book. And God began to show me some new things. Have you ever read the Bible before, and then you read it again, and he teaches us something new? Well, that's what God began to do for me in the book of Nehemiah. And so, turn with me in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah 2, we're going to begin in verse 11, and this is Nehemiah speaking here. He says this, he says, I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night... I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on towards the fountain gate and the king's pool. But there was not enough room for my mount to get through, so I went up through the valley by night, examining the wall. And finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. Well, there are multiple themes in the book of Nehemiah, but the theme that God began to reveal to me here recently when I was in Nehemiah was this, that God will put in our hearts what is on his heart. God will put in our hearts what is already on his heart. See, if you know anything about Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer to the king. And his story is very similar to the story of God. When you get into the book of Nehemiah, you're not going to find any real God miracles like you would expect. What this book is really about, it's the people like you and me, it's the people that have this call on their life and they begin to work. They begin to put it to work and they work with all of their heart because, see, there was something on God's heart and he began to put it in their heart. See, Nehemiah, he was saddened for the city and the brokenness that it was in. 
And God, he is saddened for the city and the brokenness that we are in in our own lives. Nehemiah, he was sent by the king to restore lives. Jesus was sent by God to restore our lives. Nehemiah had a set time that he would be away on his journey. Jesus had a set time that he was away here on this earth on his journey. Nehemiah, he received protection. He received resources to accomplish the work. God, he, he gives us and he provides us protection and resources to accomplish the work of his here on this earth. Nehemiah, he inspired the people to rebuild God's city. And Jesus, back then, he, he inspired his disciples. And today, he inspires us who follow Jesus to build God's kingdom. Nehemiah, he prayed and he persevered when he had temptation and when he had opposition. Guess who else did that? Jesus. He prayed and he persevered when he experienced temptation and opposition. Nehemiah, he had compassion for the poor. Jesus had compassion for the poor. In Nehemiah chapter 9, Ezra, he reminds the people of God's grace and love. And in Romans chapter 5, we see where God demonstrates his grace and love. After the restoration was completed, Nehemiah, he returned back to the king where he was a cupbearer. And the Bible tells us that some time later, he returned back for the people. And we all know that Jesus has been raised from the grave, amen? And he went back to the Father. And the Bible teaches us that one day, Sometime later, Jesus will come back for his people, those who have put their faith in him. Man, Nehemiah is good, isn't it? There's a lot of things that we can learn in this book. Well, there's two times, two times in the book of Nehemiah where he says, God put it in my heart. Chapter 2 and chapter 7, he says, God put it in my heart. See, what was on God's heart, he began to put it in Nehemiah's heart. And so I think it's a fair question here this morning. What has God put in your heart? Maybe, maybe he put something in your heart many years ago, and that's kind of uh, fizzled out a little bit. Maybe you're here today and you're new to the faith and, and you've yet to see something or feel something that, that God's putting into your heart. And so I don't want to move too quickly into this sermon with, without us kind of wrestling with this question. What has God put in your heart? Is, is there something stirring in your heart? When we think about the God story, he, he began to stir in Nehemiah's heart. And I believe today that he wants to stir in our hearts. Why? So that we can help restore broken lives. Nehemiah chapter 9, it says this. It says that God is gracious, that he is merciful, that he is compassionate, that he's slow to anger. Aren't you thankful God's not quick to anger? Well, we get quick to anger, don't we? 
But it says that he's slow to anger, and it says that he is abounding in love. These are the things that are on God's heart. See, grace is on God's heart. Mercy is on God's heart. Compassion is on God's heart. In God's heart, it's overflowing, it's filled, it's abounding, and it's it, love, it's, it's always spilling out because it's on God's heart. Love is on God's heart. I've seen God take broken people and he uses their lives. I'm one of them. You know somebody like that too, amen? Maybe you're here today because a broken person came to know Jesus. They got fixed and they brought you to the Lord and helped restore your life, amen? Anybody got a testimony to that today? Amen, amen. But I've seen him use people who were once broken they're now restored, and they, they are now helping rebuild and restore other broken lives. How does he do that? He does it through the cracks of our brokenness. See, we all know that when something gets broken, it doesn't have to get completely shattered but there's a crack here or maybe a, a crack over here. And, 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 and many times we think, well, when something gets broken, like a, a glass cup, we, we don't want to lose what's inside, right? There's something good in there. And when we have brokenness, whether that's through a, a, a loss of a loved one or through a, a, a friendship or a relationship or maybe a job loss or financial brokenness, whatever that is, we don't want to lose what's inside. And so we think the cracks are bad. We, we want to we uh, uh, putty up the cracks and put some band-aids on the cracks. We, we don't want to lose what's inside to flow out. But see, God doesn't work that way. It's through our brokenness that we get cracks. And it's through the cracks that God gets in us and he begins to put in our hearts what is already on his heart. Amen. And so if you were here today and you were experiencing a season of brokenness, I want to remind you that God is going to use you, that he's going to use those difficult times, that he's going to use those cracks in your life. And he's, if, if you allow him, if you'll walk, if you'll, if you'll walk closely with him, if you'll stay close to Jesus through those difficult times, he's going to put in your heart what is already on his heart. The reason Nehemiah was saddened for his city is because God was saddened for his city. The reason that Nehemiah, he wanted to go back and rebuild the wall was because God wanted to go back and rebuild the wall. The reason that Nehemiah had a heart for his people is because God had a heart for his people. And so God began to put in Nehemiah's heart what was already on his heart. You know what else is on God's heart? Generosity generosity uh, quick story I, i've got four boys uh two of them are in the uh kids church here today but two are at springdale nazarene my two older boys one's graduated one's a, a freshman in high school and, and and what's the most important thing in life for a ninth grader right now 
a phone, a cell phone. And so my ninth grade son, Elijah, he, I don't know what it is, but we, we only buy him the cheap phones because that boy, let me tell you, that, that phone is on the ground all the time. It's got some cracks on the screen. That boy, he goes through phone after phone after phone. I'm just tired of buying phones for that boy. I mean, he just, and we need a phone, right? Amen? Whether you're a teenager or whether you're in your 50s here today, we need our phones, don't we? And so I came home one day and Elijah, he had a brand new iPhone. And I got to be honest, I got mad with my wife. And I thought, honey, what in the world did you buy that boy an iPhone for? Because you know he's going to break it. She goes, it wasn't me. I was like, well, then who bought him an iPhone? She goes, it was Gabe. Gabe's our oldest son who just graduated high school, who's, who's doing online classes, only working part-time, and is kind of broke himself. And so when Gabe got home, I said, Gabe, Why'd, why'd you buy your younger brother who normally you're fighting with him? What'd you buy him a new iPhone for? And what he said, I'll never forget. He said, Dad, I, I saw a need and I had to help a brother out. <laughs> now you talk about some faith. You talk about some generosity. I haven't seen generosity or faith in all of the Dean house for 18 years. That was amazing. I, I'm being serious now. We laugh about that, but that was powerful. He said, I saw a need and I had to help a brother out. You know what I'm seeing here at Xenia Nazarene today? You guys have recognized a need. I, I saw a tree out in the foyer out there for coats for kids. And you, you, you all are seeing some needs and you had to help a, a child out. You had to help somebody out. There's a brother or sister that, that has a need. And so, so, so you're living out generosity. Generosity is on God's heart. You know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. He's generous. And so that's flowing into our lives. But there are times when, when, we, when we might become hard in this life. When we might drift away and, and things aren't the way they used to be. And so God will use brokenness so that he can create some cracks. So that generosity, so that love, so that compassion will begin to seep back into our hearts. Because it's already on his heart. You might know Jeremiah 29, 11. It's not in Nehemiah, it's in Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, you probably have heard it at a wedding, maybe at a graduation. Maybe somebody was in, in a difficult moment in life and you shared that verse with them. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope, plans to, to give you a future. God is declaring this plan. And, and as we read this in Jeremiah, it was, it was God declaring to uh, the people who were exiled. It was Nehemiah's people who were exiled. They, they were living a 70-year period in exile because of disobedience. And so, so, so Jeremiah, he's prophesying what God is saying. He said, I'm going to give you a hope. I'm going to give you a future, but it's going to be down the road. 
And now Nehemiah, he's beginning to experience this. He, he's seeing it fulfilled in this hope and this future through the rebuilding of the wall, the, the, the restoring of many lives in Jerusalem. He's seeing it come to pass. And we know this verse. We've used this verse. But you know what verse we don't know? Maybe you know it, but I didn't know it. It's Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. And it says this. God is speaking. He says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me. And you will find me when you seek me with all your heart what a promise he's going to give us a future and he's going to give us a hope but he says also that we will find him he's already pursuing us but when we seek him he says that we will find him and so as God begins to put things in our hearts and in our lives and, and, our, and our hearts begin to stir, there's something that needs to happen as, as well. Not only does God pursue us, but we need to seek him as well. Not just with some of our heart, but according to this verse, it says with all of our heart. See, we can't expect to always get from God. If we're not willing to seek after God. See, sometimes in this, this, this relationship with Jesus, it's a, it's a, it's a I want, it's a I need, and give me Jesus, and, and give me this, and give me more, more finances, and give me a new job, and give me a, a new wife. No, don't say that. Um, give, give me, give me. Yeah, I love you, Ashley. <laughs> you give me something new. And we're, always asking, we're always asking God to give us stuff, but we can't always expect to get from God if we're not willing to seek after him. You know what Nehemiah was? He was a seeker. He wasn't a seeker of pleasure. He wasn't a seeker of finances. He wasn't a seeker of a, a, better, a better job. I mean, he, he was a cupbearer. So that meant like if, if somebody were to poison the wine to give to the king, ne Nehemiah was the dude that had to drink it first in case it was poisoned. And so he could have said, man, I'm done with this job. I'm giving my two weeks notice. But he didn't do that. He wasn't a seeker of, uh, of a career. He was a seeker of God. And because of that, God began to get into the cracks of his life, and he began to use Nehemiah's life. And so the first point that I want to make here today is this. Be a seeker of God. Can we do that? No matter where you are in your faith journey, be a seeker of God. Nehemiah chapter 2.13 says this. It says, By night, Nehemiah went out through the valley gate. It says at night, at night, that's when Nehemiah, he, he got alone with God. See, it was at night when, when he planned some dedicated time with God. See, something was stirring in Nehemiah's heart. And, and so it was at night when, when, when he got away from everything else. There was chaos and there was busyness and all kinds of things happening. But see, it was at night he began to seek God so that he could focus on what God was putting in his heart. And so at night, 
Next time when everybody's at BW3s eating their chicken wings, the big game's on, everybody's having a good time. See, that was the time when Nehemiah, he saddled up. He dedicated some time with God. He got into the quiet of the night to get alone with God so that he could make sure that he didn't miss out on what God was putting in his heart. God wants to use you, my friends. Do you believe that? He wants to use your life. But maybe he's waiting on you to come and find him, to seek after him. Are you seeking Jesus here this morning? Are you seeking him in your life? If the only time we meet with God is on a Sunday morning right like this, if the only time that we seek after God or meet with God is when things get bad or when things are convenient for us or our schedule, then I guarantee you're going to miss out on the amazing things that God wants to do through you. And so be a seeker of God. Dedicate some time. What, what does that look like? Don't become so religious that, that you look at yourself better than someone else. No, that's not what it's about. But it's, but it's you and God and you're saying, I'm dedicating daily. I'm going to seek after him. I'm going to be in his word. If you're new to the faith or you've been in the faith a long time, the best way to seek God is to get into the word of God. You're going to find him there. You just got to seek him there. And so do it on a daily basis. When God puts something in our hearts, it means that he wants us to get busy and make it happen. Do you know anybody that uh, they, they have this, this, this great idea and then they, they go find somebody else and say, hey, you should do my great idea? Those kind of people come to me all the time. <laughs> hey, uh, this, God put this on my heart. Will you make it happen? I'm like, well, if he put it on your heart, that means he wants you to make it happen. Amen? Yeah. Well, in Nehemiah 4, 6, it says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. And so the first point that I made was be a seeker of God. But this second point, before we get to work on something, we, we need to do this first. The second point is this. We got to examine the situation. Examine the situation. Nehemiah chapter 2, 15 says this. It says, so I went up the valley by night. There he was. He was dedicating some time with God alone. And then he says, I went up there by night examining the wall. That's what God put on his heart, to restore the great wall around Jerusalem, to restore lives by protecting the people. And so God put it on his heart. And so as he put it on his heart, Nehemiah said, I got to do something. I'm just not going to live this, this life where I just want to, I just, God's going to put up my heart and, and he's going to do it. Uh, we, we've got to take some effort too, and we got to examine the situation we got to get out and we've got to see our surroundings. 
We got to get into the community, into our neighborhoods, into our schools. We, we got to get into our families' lives. We, we got to get into our workplaces. We, we got we to get out and we got to see for ourselves. We have to examine what it is that is before us. We've got to see it firsthand so that we can understand to make it happen. Does that make sense? Because if we have something on our hearts and we don't examine it, it's probably not going to come together, is it? It's probably going to get shelved and it's never going to happen. But let's examine the situation. Here uh, last week, our church, we do uh, what's called Serve Week. We just dedicate a time through the year where we go out into the community. We do uh, yard projects. We rake leaves. We uh, trim bushes. And last Saturday, it snowed on us. (laughs) We didn't rake a whole lot. Well, we didn't blow a whole lot. We were actually raking uh, leaves through the snow. But um, as, as I begin to provide oversight for this serve week, God had put it on my heart. There's people right here in Springdale, Ohio, that we've never touched. We've never met. Our building's here in the middle of Springdale. But we've never really connected with the people that live in the houses around the church. And so God put something on my heart. He says, I want you to just go out in the community, drive around, see stuff, examine stuff. And so as I was out examining the the neighborhood, canvassing for potential yard projects, I came across a, a doorway that had the the star of David on it. So I knew right away this person's probably Jewish. And so as I I rang the ring, you know, they were inside, but they weren't answering because, you know, when a pastor shows up, you know, they think you're trying to just get them to come to your church or they're trying to sell you something. And so they talked to me through the ring and and, and this person said, well, you you realize I'm Jewish and I'm not coming to your church, right? (laughs) And I said, that's okay, but we still want to love on our community and we we still want to rake your leaves for free and we want to trim your bushes. Can we do that? And she said, wow, that is so very kind. Of course you can come. She goes, that is just so kind that you would come as a church and do that for me. I was able to examine other, other uh, cultures and there, there were people that looked different than me. There were people that spoke a different language than me. There were all kinds of different things right there in our community. And then I crossed paths with, a, with an elderly man. I began to use my eyes. I began to examine and as I drove by his house, he had his leaf blower out, and, 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 he, and he was ready to start blowing those leaves. And I thought, he's got it. Uh, I want to find somebody that truly has a need, that needs some help. He's already taken care of his yard. And as I drove by, I looked in my rearview mirror, and that's when I saw him. He hadn't even started yet. And he began to lean on his car, and you could tell he was out of breath. And so I put my car in reverse. And I drove into his driveway and I began to introduce myself and and share with him what Serve Week was all about. And he paused. There was this long pause and I thought, oh no, he's going to kick me out of his driveway. Here's a pastor wanting me to come to his church. But he paused and he got a little tear in his eyes and he said, I literally just prayed and said, God, I don't have the strength to get my leaves to the curb. What am I going to do? And he said, then you showed up in my driveway. 
That would never happen if we didn't examine the situation. And so God, he, he wants us to get to work and make it happen, but we got to do some things up front, amen? we got to figure some things. we got to get the details. It, it doesn't mean don't have faith. It just means that he's given us a brain and he wants us to see so we can work out some things so that we can make it good. God does things well, doesn't he? He does things well, and so he wants us to do things well. And so let us get out. Let us see our surroundings. So we have be a seeker of God. Examine the situation. And the final point that I want to make here today in Nehemiah, something that he taught me. Be faithful in the small stuff. Be faithful in the small stuff. Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 14 says this. It says, remember me for this. This is Nehemiah speaking. Remember me for this, my God, and do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. What Nehemiah has done so faithfully, he wasn't looking to get recognized. He wasn't looking to get paid. He wasn't looking to... Uh, get a, even a pat on the back. Nehemiah was just being faithful to build the house of God, to restore it, to, to, to allow the services to, to start happening again. There's a guy at our church, his name is Paul. I love Paul. Paul, um, here recently, he became a local licensed pastor at Springdale. Paul is in his 60s, and Paul has an amazing heart. If you meet Paul, he, he's going to bring a smile to your face. He likes to crack jokes, and he just likes to encourage people and have a good time. And, and Paul, he, he, he's never met a stranger, and he's always telling people about Jesus and how uh, Jesus can change their life. And he's just, he's just an all-around great guy. Well, he's one of our newer uh, group leaders. He leads a small group. But Paul, about 10 years ago, had a stroke, and Paul is wheel, uh, wheelchair bound, and it's difficult for Paul physically. See, Paul, he, he has tremors every once in a while, and he can't control them, and so at first he was a little uh, embarrassed or afraid. How could I lead a group? How could, how could I share Jesus with somebody because I'm in a wheelchair, and this arm doesn't work all the time, and, and this side of my body, it doesn't work the way that it, it used to work, and, 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 but his mind is great, and his smile is great, and, and, and Paul, to even get to the church, he has to call transportation specifically for a wheelchair, it's not like you and I, we can just hop in our cars and get to Walmart or, or get to Kroger, right? He has to call ahead of time, then he has to wait on that bus, and then, then he has to arrive super early when no one else is there to make sure he's there on time. And then after church is over, when, when, the, when the small group, people have already left, he's still on the bus's time. And he might stick around church for another half hour just waiting on his ride. But why does he do it? Because he knows Jesus loves him. And Jesus has put something on his heart or in his heart. And he's being faithful in the small stuff. I've got some friends out there. I won't call, call you out during the service here. But I remember when I was a young dude in this church. And I watched you. You were, you were 
cleaning the glass on the, on the doors out there. You were vacuuming the floors. You were, you were, you were leading a group. Uh, uh, you were helping with the teens. You were helping in the, the kids' church. You were serving uh, over at Riverside. You were, you were doing all kinds of different things because you were being faithful in the small stuff. And I'm afraid these days, my friends, that there's only a few people, not just this church, not just the church where I serve at, but just in church in general. There's only a few people, a few people who still are being faithful in the small stuff and they're expecting, not expecting anything in return. I mentioned at the beginning that Nehemiah, after the restoration was completed, there was a time he left Jerusalem where he built the city wall and he went back to the king where he was a cupbearer. Now, I don't know how much time that was. It sounds like it was multiple years. But the Bible says that there was a time that he came back to the people in Jerusalem. Kind of like a foreshadow of Jesus coming back to us one day. And when Nehemiah came back to the people... When he returned back to the people, what he found was that the people, they stopped being faithful in the small stuff. There was a time when they would say it with their mouths, but it never got into their hearts. And they never continued the work or the obedience or the amazing life that God had for them. They were found lacking being faithful in the small stuff. There's going to be a time that Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back to this earth, you know what I want for my life? What, what I want for your life is to be found faithful. To be doing his work. And when Jesus comes, I want to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in what? The small stuff. Been faithful in Jesus, but faithful in the small stuff. Is that your life here today? As we prepare for communion, communion servers, you can come on up. But as we prepare for communion here this morning, some of you have already received your packets. We're going to have some uh, communion up here at the altars. We're going to take communion all at once. But I want everyone right now, this is the most important part of our service, of this service today. I want you to consider three questions. Here's the three. Am I a seeker of God today? The second one is, am I examining the situation? And the third question that I want you to consider, am I being faithful in the small stuff? And so however God has spoke to you today in your heart, as we prepare for this communion, I, I want you to, I, if you feel led to come to the altars and pray, we'll, we'll do communion together here in just a moment. Maybe, maybe you're in your seat in, in God's, he's, He's stirring something new in your heart. Whatever it is, it's between you and God. Don't leave this place today without being a seeker of God. 
Don't start the next project without examining the situation. And don't be found. Whenever Jesus comes back, I don't know when it's going to be. But whenever Jesus comes back, don't be found not being faithful in the small stuff. So come now. Come and pray as you feel led. As God is speaking to your heart, stirring in your heart, come and meet with Jesus here this morning.